This is Life from the Convent, podcast 33. And what is it about a baseball cap and an anorak that is so essential to making a film and to the role of the director, Magnus? Ideas escape from the baseball cap. If the baseball cap doesn't stay on the head and the anorak, the pockets and the hood for snacks. Snacks at 5 a.m. Snacks at 1 p.m. Snacks at 8 p.m. Snacks for the crew. Snacks for an actor who's having trouble with a scene. Snacks all around. Psst. Psst. Come here. I heard that you're selling baseball caps and anoraks. Is that true? I was asking. Who do you think is asking? I'm a film director. How much do you have on you? My entire life savings. Everything. That means nothing to me. Give me a figure. Thou. Are you fucking having a laugh? Fifty grand? Fuck off. This is everything I have from every single independent film I've ever made. Look at my face. Look at my face. Does it look like I give a fuck? I can't work without these things. What is it going to take? 500 tail. And you have a deal. How am I going to get my hands on 500,000 euro? Again, look at my face. I said, look at my face. Does it look like I give a fuck? Sometimes there's dogs on set and they like snacks too. Dogs and cats like snacks. You might be surprised to see how, how fast they eat the snacks. I'm here with one of the best film directors, Dmitry Grigorsky. Now, you haven't made a film in 20 years because of the short supply of baseball caps and anoraks. There are filmmakers all over the world now, and we're all shaking our heads because without baseball caps and anoraks, 
our hands are tied. The quality isn't going to be the same. And I keep thinking about the last time I had a baseball cap and I gave it away to a fan who was hiding in a bush on the outskirts of, of the set. I thought he showed a lot of um, courage, really getting past security, outsmarting all the different security guards. And he just wanted to watch what was going on, the process, my process. And I gave it away to him. I gave away the, the baseball cap. And he said, oh, and your anorak too? Can I have this too? I'm cold. I thought, well, I can get hundreds more. Take them. And now I learn that this fan is, after being nominated for an Oscar, and I'm actually here uh, with that fan, I made sure to move into the, the next interviewing room, though, <laughs> to speak with him. So, Daniel... Yeah, well, you know, I guess I was lucky because I knew, it's not that I knew the security guards, but my parents would have known them because my parents have always been involved in the industry, you know, and I'd always kind of watch them from afar. I mean, basically I reaped benefits, you know, the money they made from making films and things like that, I guess, like kind of filtered through to me, you know. And, you know, just gathered some, some actors together and a team together. You know, I have, I have some money, so I just kind of put it all, all on the line, you know. Well, not really all on the line because I have loads and loads of money. Um, but I had two kind of main directions, really, for the entirety of, of the production, which was... Don't shout and don't move your face that much. And they were the kind of main things I said to the actors. Yeah. And because basically everything is kind of understated and underacted, you know, for fear of kind of being, you know, described as overacting you know by the critics it just kind of fit in well really with with everything that's going on now and uh yeah worked out quite well and here I am nominated for an Oscar and the the trick really is as well as you know the the underacting and you know making sure that you don't raise your voice that much even if the character is supposed to be really angry you know the trick is you give it an obscure name like and my obscure name just came to me one day um came to me I was making myself a poached egg you know for me and the girlfriend and I came up with the burnt bronze regaling you know that is sufficiently obscure and sufficiently poetic that it's definitely going to catch the attention of all the right people, you know. And I made sure that the lead actress, who was 
you know, a model. Um, I just made sure that in a couple of the scenes she wasn't wearing any makeup, you know. Just so she looked like she was more distraught than she actually was, you know. You know the way it is. That seems to work. And, uh, yeah, it worked. Delighted. So thanks, yeah, for the the baseball cap and the, the anorak. Yeah, it worked a treat. I put some neon paint on the back of the anorak just to funk it up, you know. And uh, the baseball cap, you know, it's well worn now. <laughs> and uh, I'm just making another film and uh, just working on the title of it at the moment. And I think it's going to be called... Um, yeah, come back to me on that one. Come back to me on that one. Actually, no, I've got it. Blue Moon Waning. That's what it's going to be called. And I'm especially proud of that one. Yeah. And I'm going to do the same thing again. Yeah. I'm going to keep the, the facial expressions to a minimum. Yeah. And the voice level. Again, not loud. Not loud understated yeah yeah and I'm quickly just going back to the other interview room to speak again with uh, Dmitry Grigorsky who had given the baseball cap and anorak to to that fan Daniel and uh, I'm just going to ask him another question Dmitry is there anything that you've tried to get back on track with your filmmaking I mean have you tried alternatives substitutes for for these items of clothing that are so essential to the craft honestly yes i tried uh, once uh, wearing a baby's bonnet uh, uh, quite an unusual decision but i wanted to make sure that nothing escaped from the top of the head uh, and the baby's bonnet has little lace strings that you tie under your chin I tried this for a day um, I had some problems at the beginning of the day because the assistant director when he saw me uh, we were filming the first scene in the, in the field and I showed up with my car parked it and I already had the baby's bonnet on and he just started shaking his head and said something along the lines of, Dimitri, you're, you're losing it. And he left. So I had to do the entire first day uh, just with the skeleton crew. Thankfully, some, you know, the rest of the crew stayed. It was tough. Um, I really tried. I, I gave everything. But it's harder to command the set without the baseball cap. And I thought maybe... You know, if I get the director's chair. and But the, there was no director's chair that day either. I couldn't get into the... I couldn't get into the, the groove. We spoke to another director, uh, Magnus, who said that he keeps snacks in the pockets of the anorak and in the hood. Would you use the, the pockets in the hood for the same thing? I had this special thing that I would do because directors have to make decisions all the time on, on set and 
sometimes you have answers, sometimes you have to think about it. And what I used to do in, in my pocket, I kept hazelnuts and marbles. So if there was a tough decision to be made, I put my hand into the pocket and I would juggle, mix around the, the marbles and the, the hazelnuts with my fingers. The rough with the smooth, and it helped me with stress and somehow feeling these surfaces. It helped me to make a decision. And that's that's really what I miss about the Anorak, because those pockets, they are deep. Now that would be in my right pocket. And my left pocket, I always kept soaking wet. Because while I was fiddling with the marbles and the nuts and the, the right pocket, if nothing was coming, you know, if I wasn't... If I wasn't hitting on, on the solution, I would put my left hand into my left pocket. And it would always feel cold and, and wet, like a fish. And that woke me up. And then I would put the right hand again into the right pocket. So days on set would consist of a right hand in the right pocket, left hand in left pocket. And it's very hard to do this with leather jacket or bomber jacket it's it's not the same you need the parka or an anorak it's it's much better it's much better why do you think clothes manufacturers have stopped making these items they want films to be shit I don't know, maybe there's some deal with clothes manufacturers and politicians or something. But it's really hard to make strong films without these things. That's all I know. When I made Kitty Dog Spanner Wizard, I was 24. And my baseball cap and Parker fell down a pipe underground in Chile. I sent for the best boy, the best boy in the film set. It's the assistant to either the gaffer or the, the grip man. And he really was the best boy. He threw himself threw himself down the pipe. Alas, he died. And we had caviar on crackers that night around a fire. The point is that the parka and the baseball cap was never retrieved. And I never found replacements because... Well, the supply dried up. And here we are. Here we are where we are. 
in filmmaking history. And what I've done is I've made do with a cardboard brim around a small egg saucepan, would you believe? And this is what I use for a baseball cap. So when you tell me about Dimitri and about Magnus, perhaps I could make one for them that they could use. And I really do think that they could make great use out of what I have. Magnus, you've started to make short films um, after a long hiatus of, of not making films. You haven't gone back to quite making a, a feature. But I was curious to know, how are you carrying around your snacks for, for the actors and for yourself? I've started to use a fanny pack and I carry snacks around in this and a fanny pack or a bum bag, I think you call them here in Ireland. And just from what you told me about the English filmmaker who makes the, the cardboard cap with the, the saucepan, I think I'd, I'd buy one of those. I don't have a new baseball cap. So my films are totally different now. Totally different. And what I do is I get the actors to improvise. Because I can't, I can't use my, my brain any longer. Uh, it's, a, it's a problem, but it's, it's a creative solution to the problem. And I give them more snacks. And the more snacks I give them, actors love snacks. Don't ever underestimate actors and, and snacks. They go together. And basically, the key to an actor's brain is snacks. And I think they like snacks more than, than paychecks. So, I would suggest to, to other filmmakers... If you want to, to make films, get snacks, get a fanny pack, and get them on set. And see what happens. You'll be surprised. I just wanted to come back to you, Daniel. Um, I mean, you're doing so well now. You've been nominated for an Oscar. I'm sure there's more awards to to come your way you know when you were telling us about your new film what are your long-term plans you're just going to keep on making amazing films yeah 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 that's the idea you know um, um i think to get nominated for an oscar is awesome just totally awesome and you know, I hope maybe to get nominated again. But I'm just going to keep doing the good work. And would you ever consider giving the baseball cap and parka 
back to Dimitri, you know, to help him along with his work. Yeah, you know, I think that's out of the question. You know, I don't think he'd want a dirty old <laughs> baseball cap anyway and Parker, you know. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he'll, he'll start making his own films again soon and I'm sure they'll be awesome. Awesome. No, he's told me that he's he's having a lot of trouble getting back into making films and that there's a real block, you know, a real creative block. And I, I think if you gave him back that baseball cap and parka, even though you put, you know, neon designs uh, on them to funk them up, I, I still think he'd he'd really appreciate them. Yeah. No, I, I think I'll pass on that one. Um, I think it's an awesome suggestion, but, you know, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that one, I think. Yeah, yeah, good on you, though. Good on you. End of podcast.